as we approach God's word in scripture, let us offer our prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Romans in the 12th chapter. We will read from the first eight verses. Listen now for what the Spirit has to say to the people. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace of God given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned. For as in one body we are many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of it. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Several times in my life, I have had particular experiences which have helped me see the world in a way that I did not see it before that experience. I imagine you have had some experience like this, or many. From each of these experiences, I wanted to carry the new insights with me, incorporating them into daily life. For example, when I went to, on a pilgrimage to the Iona community in Scotland, I wanted to bring that rhythm of life back home to me that the community lived by. It was a distinct and prayerful life. When I traveled to Israel, Palestine to experience being present in holy places of the Bible, I wanted to hold on to the sense of, of wonder and, and value that each of these sacred spaces embodied. 
life events that I have experienced have wanted me to hold on to sacred moments that I have shared with family and friends and experiences like marriage and birth and baptism, moving as a family from Louisville to Detroit. I have wanted to keep what God has given me in each of these experiences as part of my regular life. Now when we have experiences with a person or a place or an opportunity that opens us to a new understanding of who we are or who God is, we, we want to hang on to what was special about that experience. And sometimes these kinds of transformative experiences can be called mountaintop experiences. I have many friends, including myself, who have called such experiences mountaintop experiences. It is a deeply biblical concept. Like Moses goes up to Mount Sinai where he received the commandments, where Joshua and Jacob go up the mountain and look over its edge to the promised land, which God has said is for the people of God. Like Jesus teaching the disciples on the Mount of Olives. In the Bible, there are so many stories of revelation, of understanding that happens on the mountaintop. Then the people come down the mountain, and waiting for them at the bottom are the regular garden variety matters of living. I would call these the biblical equivalent of returning home to do the laundry. Now, after seeing the possibilities of God's grace and promise, there are the chores and the realities of life. Moses returns to his own community to find that they have put God at a distance from themselves. Joshua and Caleb would face people who have seen the promised land alongside them, who have heard that it is real and are still not so sure that they want to enter because they are afraid of leaving what is familiar and what is safe. Jesus would come down the mountain to minister to disciples and alongside disciples who will falter, who will grow distracted by their own desires, who will at times just not understand what Jesus is about. After a transforming experience, we still need to return to life as usual. Major life events and experiences will happen, and we still have to bring them into life alongside returning home to cook dinner, to mow the lawn, to change the diapers, to get the oil changed. We might need profound wisdom, or compassion, or hope. We might experience something sacred, a grace that is deep and is eye-opening. We might experience an abiding presence of God that we recognize in a sense of peace or a love that we feel, and still we return to a sink full of dishes, 
a stack of bills, or a leaky faucet, or the kind. In today's scripture, Paul is writing to Christians who are living under the authority of the Roman Empire. Peace in this place was held together by might and power and at the expense of others. Those who are in, who have the most, are those who control the way of life. Those with the most money, the most authority, the most responsibility, those who are the most dangerous, or have the most followers, or the most servants, or the most property. And in so many ways, this Roman empire was built on pride and self-importance and ego, and it made for a world that looked like peace, but still left the majority of people without security or freedom or hope. Now Paul is speaking to this church, to this community of people that is living in this anxious and difficult world. Paul is speaking to them about the power of small mercies, of gifts that the community embodies, that God uses to build people up into God's transforming grace. And while God's grace may be recognized as a mountaintop experience, such a grace is lived and proclaimed throughout all parts of our lives. Paul calls the church in Rome to a countercultural way of living that was in contrast to that authority and power of the empire that they lived under. This countercultural way was sacrificial and was loving and was a humble way of life of faith that Paul invites the church into is inspiring, it is transforming, it is really, really hard. It is hard because focusing on the gifts of such a life still gets caught up and lost among the laundry, or in the case of the Roman church, the drudgery and the weariness of an authority. Faith be hard when it continually has demands made of it, such as the ones the church in Rome experienced. And that is where the body of Christ becomes so important. Faith requires a particular attention to God and neighbor that the church can cultivate. The church, as the body of Christ, is a gift that God has given so Paul asks people to prioritize the body of Christ because it is through the many gifts that the community has that bring the deepest experiences of life and faith. The world that Paul's church lives among does not think like this, and so Paul calls them to live in a different way. Now once again there comes the laundry of faith. 
It is not about soap and water and dirty clothes. No, our activities of faith may look small at times, ordinary or simple or routine. It may feel like swimming against a stream or fighting a current at times. It might feel that way sometimes, but that has been the fellowship, the church, together, united as the body of Christ carries us. We weave the work of our faith into and among our days together. We let the gifts of faith and discipleship speak in contrast to voices that would seek to diminish people in the world, and the church builds people up in faith. This requires an ongoing attention to using the gifts which God has given us. And this, in this moment, is what Paul is teaching for the church. Kathleen Norris is an author of a marvelous little book, a book called The Quotidian Mysteries. She says that the small things do transform us. And she writes this, the Bible is full of evidence that God's attention is indeed fixed on the little things, but this is not because God is a great cosmic cop eager to catch us in minor transgressions, but simply because God loves us. Loves us so much that the divine presence is revealed even in the meaningless workings of daily life. It is in the ordinary, the here and now, that God asks us to recognize that the creation is indeed refreshed like dew-laden grass that is renewed in the morning. Or she continues to put it in more personal and theological terms, our inner nature is being renewed every day. We, in the living out of our gifts, and living out our lives as the body of Christ, are transformed by Christ in that life. For in it is the renewing of our hearts and our minds and our relationships. God is with us in our routines, in the small matters of life, and the attention to these small things means faithfully considering the world with compassion, it is listening for the gifts of our neighbors, which they have to share. Gifts that can be overlooked or ignored. It is looking for their part in the body of Christ, which includes a broader community of neighbors than even just one church. It is many. Paul is compelling the church toward this, this life, meaning that recognizing Christ is alive among us is the priority of the church, and in doing so, we enter into that sense of being alive and we live our ministry together as the body of Christ. Last Sunday, our scripture text invited a conversation around the meaning of the word church. 
And in Biblical Greek, the word church translates to fellowship, and more specifically, the word fellowship literally means a community of people that is called out of, of something, out of one thing, and to or toward another. In the case of the community that follows Jesus, the church is called out of the world into Christ. The church is called out of ordinary patterns of life to gathering for worship, and the church, once the benediction is offered in the space of worship, is called from this space of worship with minds and hearts renewed and restored and transformed to return back to that world, to the places that we live, to the routines and the normal ways of life carrying with us very worship and grace that we experience from God when we do this together. Doing the laundry means that we learn to share our gifts. We learn this again and again throughout our lives. We take our worship into the world by sharing our faith and our love and our lives countercultural community that Paul is calling the body of Christ to be, calling the church to be, means living the gifts that Christ has blessed us with in such a way that we do not wait, that we do not hold back, for they are given by God for the renewing of our own minds as well as one another's. Today's scripture finishes, concludes by describing some of the kinds of gifts that God gives the church. And these gifts are ways that faith can be acted out. But we're running out of time. And we'll pick up right here where we leave off, moving into the next section of Romans 12, engaging these gifts exploring them about how they are shared among the most common activities that we do throughout our living, about how they build us up and how we can use them to build one another up as we grow more deeply into the body of Christ, which Christ is calling us to be. But I do want to close with a final thought. Christianity spread to the Celtic communities in Ireland and Scotland. Prayer began to be incorporated into daily living in very distinct ways. And eventually later when those prayers began to be written down, they were collected. And, and when you read and, and, and see them, you realize that there were prayers for all kinds of chores and mundane activities. There were prayers for laundry, of course. There were prayers for preparing food and cooking. There were prayers for baking bread. There were prayers for saddling a horse for farm chores like churning butter or seeding or harvesting. There were prayers for leaving on a journey. There were prayers for every part of the day. So I've begun to think 
but what it would look like if our lives became filled with these scriptures and prayers that transform, if they began to be incorporated into the, the many parts of our lives in simple, small ways, in quotidian ways, as Norris would say. What if they were taped to the box of the laundry soap and inside the cupboards of our pantries? What if we had a prayer for starting our car or opening the garage when we turned home? What if every time we saw an emergency vehicle pass, we could turn the radio off and make a prayer for those inside the vehicle or for those whom they will meet? As I begin to think about ideas like this, I begin to think that such small stepping stones of faith might actually set a path before us that goes right back up the mountain. So this week, may God guide you in your routines. May you meet Christ in the most insignificant of places. And may the Spirit open you to see God surrounding you each and every day until we meet again. Thanks be to God to stand always. Amen. Now we lift our hearts up with the gift of music, the offering of a solo anthem. 